Savior and our Lord, and we look to you this day, O oh Lord. We look to you, my heavenly and holy King. Thank you, dear Lord. Thank you, dear God. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. If you have a Bible, I'd like to turn your attention to God's Word today. often like to let you know and remind you that there are four accounts of the one gospel. There's only one gospel. The death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is the gospel. It's an everlasting gospel. And we're going to look at John's account of this one gospel. John chapter 1. It's all very good, but let me see if I can focus on this one verse here. And that would be John chapter 1 and verse 6. 
There was a man sent from God whose name was John. I'd like to just simply try to minister this morning on becoming a man or a woman of God. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. <clears throat> Psalms 17, the term man of the world, men of the world is used. In the book of Romans, there was a plea made to be delivered from the unreasonable men and women of the world. There in this world in which we find ourselves living, and shall I say passing through, you are going to hopefully become more and more aware that when God deals with a man or a woman, a boy or a girl, that he makes a good difference in a person's life when that person yields to him, surrenders to him, and allows him to put his good treasure in you, the earthen vessel. His goal is to make you a man, a woman, a boy, or a girl of God, of the Spirit. John's first chapter also dealt with people that were born of God, not of the flesh, nor of the will of man, nor by some pedigree that they could refer to. I so-and-so is, you know, my mom, my dad, my grandfather, whatever. But rather that you would get an experience from God, that you would be born of God. That experience, Jesus called it a, an experience where he said you must be born of God. You must be born again. Not of the flesh, he made that crystal clear. There are so many people in this world, of course, that connect with the flesh. After all, we're all born in sin. And we have all fallen short of God's glory. We are all concluded under sin according to the Word of God. And yet, the Bible teaches us that there is a nature-changing experience. There is that which makes us partakers of His divine nature. There is an experience, as Jesus said, that we must have. We must be born again of water and of the Spirit so that we can see and enter the kingdom of God. He said, don't be amazed by this. There were things that Jesus said. People scratched their head. People got sore displeased. I read in the Scripture this morning that... Uh, Jesus had come to a certain area and they brought to him many people that had problems and Jesus ministered to them. And in so doing, when the religious people, when men of the world, women of the world, religious, fleshly, denominal, connected people, people that refused 
an experience with him. People that when they had the very God in flesh standing in front of them, they despised him. The Bible teaches that they, after beholding and observing the joy that Brother Weekly spoke of, the people rejoicing and so happy for the great things that were being done in their midst to them, to their family, to their loved ones, to strangers, seeing people so excited and so happy that these religious people, people that were naturally minded, people that were of the flesh and strong human spirit and driven by the wrong ambitions and motivations, that they were sore displeased. They were greatly upset. And here is blind eyes being opened. Here is somebody's life being changed for the good. Here is somebody's nature being changed. Here's a young girl that is living a street life and involved with all the wrong things. Seven devils Jesus casts out of her. And now she doesn't do that kind of stuff anymore because now she's connected with the spiritual realm. Now she's, if you please, born again. Now she's got an encounter with him. Her life has been changed so much so that when Jesus rose again from the dead, she was the first one to see him. She was so privileged to get to see him right after he rose again from the dead. I'm telling you, there's things that you can see and experience if you'll get to be a man or a woman, a boy or a girl of God. Let him do a work in your life. writer described it as a work that he'll begin and that he'll finish in your life. Our God finishes what he starts. and He doesn't ever fail and he never forsakes. You want to believe with me this morning that no matter who you are or what you've done or how misshapen you've become by sin, and how wrecked and ruined your life is. Wrecked, destroyed, unhappy, got problems, things that nobody knows about. But our God knows about it. And our God said, you don't have to continue to be a person of the world. The world is full of sin. The world is ruled by Satan. He is the God of this world. He is the God of this present world. But Jesus, in his word, inspired it to be written and taught that we were going to be delivered from this present world and that we were going to receive an experience that was going to give us a brand new heart and a brand new attitude along with that brand new nature and that we were no longer going to be hypnotized by the natural things of life and the things of this world but that we no longer were going to be men and women of the world as it is written they came to him and they said hey you know this woman she outlived her husband number one and then 
Here comes the next husband, and she outlives him. As a matter of fact, she outlives seven husbands. And so, hey, Jesus, now tell us in the resurrection whose husband, whose wife is she going to be? Number one, number five, or number seven? And Jesus looked at them and said, you don't know anything. You're so ignorant, in other words. You're of the world. You think down in the gutter. You think worldly ways. He said, you're making a mistake and you don't know the power of God you're not born again all you got is religion you haven't got a nature changing experience in your heart and in your life let me change you let me show you let me make you as the children of the resurrection men and women of God are children of the resurrection he likened them to the angels Things are different in the world to come. You keep equating with this world down here. That's why you think God is an old man with uh, a bad back and a long beard and hobbling around with a staff. Or you think he's got long, flowing, effeminate hair because of the artists, the natural artists with the natural worldly mind, their misperceptions of him because people think in natural ways. People are born in sin. Everybody is. People are born falling short of God's glory. Everybody is. But Jesus said, I can make you a man or a woman or a boy or a girl of God. I can bring an experience to your life that it's going to make you different. It's going to set you apart. You're going to become rarefied. You're not going to be the common. You're not going to be the natural. You're not going to be the ordinary. But I'm going to give you a supernatural experience, an extraordinary experience. I'm going to give you something from heaven. As the brother said, you can receive nothing except it comes from above and good things every good and every perfect gift coming down from above from the Father he's got good things for you he's got great things for you he's got a better life planned out for you if you'll be born again and be born of God in other words but you won't rely on worldly achievements that you won't Strive for everything to the point that it distracts you, hinders you. Here was an individual riding along in a very dry place. He's got great responsibilities. He uh, has the uh, charge of the ruler of his country, treasury, handles all the finances. Great responsibility. But one day, riding through a very dry place, which was so typical of his life, his life was very dry. And he's reading. And as he's reading, lo and behold, here comes old Joe. No. Oh, come on. It was just plain old Sally. No. No. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't brand X. And it wasn't counterfeit. And it wasn't an also ran. And it wasn't a wannabe. And it wasn't a hypocrite, a look like, a tear, not at all. 
this was a man of God. And he came and he joined himself to this individual's chariot. He hitched a rod. Now, you don't want to hitch rods where we're living in. Okay? But he hitched a ride. There wasn't much traffic that day. Matter of fact, he, he hadn't seen anything except this one lone chariot. I like when God narrows it down for you because, you know, sometimes we're a little thick in the skull. Sometimes we're a little hard-headed, a little stubborn, you know, and we get a little blind because the God of this world blinds our minds. And so the Lord just has a way of just setting it right smack down in front of you, you know, so you can't see anything else. I believe that's what he did to the man who became the Apostle Paul because he testified and said, man, after the Lord knocked me down and got my attention, he said, I couldn't see anything else for the glory of that light. All I could see was the glory of his magnificence. And all of a sudden, all the things that were so important to me, they weren't important anymore. Those things just faded out. They dialed out. The volume on those things went down. And I wasn't hearing all those different things. And that's what happened to the man in the chariot who was trying to get his mind on something that would make him a man of God. He didn't want to just be known as the cashier at Burger King. Nothing wrong with that. But he didn't want to just be known as that. He didn't want to just be known as the best mechanic in town or the best uh, saleswoman in town or insurance woman in town or real estate person in town didn't want to be known just as that he didn't want to be known as just the queen's treasurer there was something hunger inside of him that said I don't want to just be known as a good man of this world I want something that goes beyond this life and that heart hunger Lord ministered to that. And here come what he thought was just a jogger. Oh, how you doing? Hey, do you understand what you're reading? I said, no. How can I? I need somebody to guide me. Well, I'm a little tired of jogging. I'm your man. Let me in. Okay. Door swung open. He jumped in. And here he is, this fellow reading at Isaiah 53. And he asked the question. He asked the question of a man of God, a person of God, not an also ran, not a counterfeit, not somebody filled with natural man's ideas and religion, but somebody that really had the goods. And he said, uh, hey, tell me something. Isaiah, I'm reading here, uh, who's he talking about? Is he talking about himself? Or is he talking about somebody else? Well, when you give a man of God or a woman of God an opening, they're going to take it. And he stepped right into that and said, it's time for me to teach you right from chapter and verse. And it wasn't very long that the next thing you know, we got the brakes being hit, the car is fishtailing the vehicle, and he says, see, here is water, says the man. What doth hinder me from being baptized? Now, you know, if you really have 
the truth. You really have this born-again experience. You're going to get from Isaiah 53 to Acts 2.38 just as fast as you can get there. You're going to quit messing around and, you know, giving hints. You're going to get there. You're going you're gonna to tell them, I got to get you to the most important part, okay? Because everything about the one that you were reading about was about the Messiah. And it was all about how he was going to be wounded for our transgressions. How that he was going to be bruised for our sins. How that he was going to die on that cross given his blood that you might be able to become a man or a woman of God and a child of the resurrection that you no longer would be a person of the world, a natural, a lost person of the world. But now, now, you're going to be a son or a daughter of God going to belong to the family of God. You're going to be surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that are looking down from heaven, urging you on. Come on. Take that first step. The Bible talked about the steps of Jesus Christ, that we ought to follow them. Jesus went down into the water. There's a water tank back here, baptismal tank, and the heater's on. It makes it warm for you. One of our churches put the heater on the other day and the water got too hot and the lady couldn't get in. How about that? That was a first, huh? So they ran across the street to the time center and brought up bags of ice. The water was so hot it melted four bags of ice like nothing. Yeah, had to go back and get ten more bags. But you know the whole church stayed? They weren't going to miss it. That 70-year-old woman got in that water and she got baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. So we've got to uh, realize this morning that we have this great and heavenly opportunity to become a man or a woman of God, but the enemy is going to hinder. One place the Apostle Paul said Satan hindered. Would have done a certain thing, but Satan hindered. The God of this world is going to work through people and through inventions and through recreational things that are going and, and through money going to try and other things going to try to distract you and get you to go in another direction and you've got to make up your mind that you're going to look at this book and you're going to obey what the word of God says and that when your attention is drawn and brought to what am I supposed to do how do I call upon the name of the Lord how do I get this uh, believing stuff going here? What does it mean for me to believe? How do I get to sign up, so to speak, and become a man or a woman, a boy or a girl of God? How do I get to be the real thing? What did one writer say? Hear my prayer from these unfeigned lips. There's nothing fake and there's nothing phony. I'm sincere. I'm real about what I'm saying and doing. And one place called it an unfeigned faith. I'm not coming to to your plastic. I'm not coming to your hypocritical. I'm not posing and I'm not pretending but I really, really want what you're offering. I want to be a son or a daughter of God. I want to get away from the natural and get into the supernatural. I want to get away from the ordinary and get something extraordinary. 
I want to be born again of water. So he said, what's hindering? What hinders me? Well, I imagine the preacher one looked back at him and says, yeah, what? How many other things do you have to do today? How many other things are you thinking about? How many other things are vying for your attention, challenging for your attention? How many people have negative things to say that begin to cloud your mind and plant seeds of doubt? How many things hinder? Well, this individual was answered and said, well, here's the water, and I'm the preacher, and I've just taught you. Let's go do it. If you're believing, then let's go do it. Well, the man showed you exactly what believing is about. He said, I believe, and whoop, down the water they went. Now, you know, people say, I believe, and out the door they go. But got a bit of a contradiction there. We got a, we got a little bit of just lip service going on and not giving of your heart, not, not like men and women that Jesus went by and said, follow me. And they dropped what they were doing and they followed him. You got to put everything else on hold. You got to recognize how important this salvation is. You got to realize and recognize how lost you are, how natural minded and thinking you are to like to a man that sat on the supreme court of his land, looked at Jesus and said, how do I get born again? How does that work? Oh, bright light. You know, some people's bright light, their dream is really a nightmare. Do I enter the second time into my mother's womb and be born again? You know, Jesus looked at him in, in that passage and he said, hey, he said, if I'm speaking to you about the simplest of things, how in the world, if you can't get that, are you going to get the heavenly things I've got to tell you about? He said, come on, man. Catch up with things here. Get with the plan. Get with the program. He said, you got to be born again of water that is baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ. And you must receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that free gift, so that you'll be born again of water and of the Spirit. And that will place you into the body of Christ. And that will change you, translate you. You're not going to be the same old you anymore. You're going to be a brand new creature. In Christ Jesus, and the old things are going to pass away if you don't hang on to them. They're going to pass away. If you'll get away from them, they're going to pass away. If you'll learn the culture of the church instead of being so influenced by the culture of family and race and dialects and start learning the language of God, start learning how God does things, how God thinks, Jesus wants you to become a man or a woman or a girl of God. He wants you to rep for him. He wants you to be his representative, his ambassador. He wants you to be able to join yourself to different households and bring to them the truth of the Scriptures, bring them to the house of God where they can be pastored, where they can be born again and led and taught and trained and disciplined. Jesus would lead people out and, and have a big old picnic with them. And he would provide the food. Imagine that. And, and in so doing, he would uh, tell them to sit down in order, in ranks of 50 and 100, and he would teach them. It's so important for you to become a person of God that you've got to learn 
to take the teaching, the training. You got to get your, when you get born again, you see all that bunch of jumbled up wires in your life that are all mixed up and shortened out and exploding and everything else, that they get straightened out. And you get good, proper connections. You start connecting with the spiritual realm because the natural person cannot understand the mind or the workings or the teachings or the Word of God. It takes that born-again experience. It takes the Father of Revelation to open your understanding and send His light into your heart and teach you about the things of God and give you an experience that's going to make you a man or a woman of God. God didn't send just anybody. He sent a man of God by the name of John. What about putting your name there? Let's get your name in the Lamb's Book of Life. Let's get your name on the heavenly roll. Let's... Let it be said that this man or woman, boy or girl, was born in Zion, in the church. Let it be said that you received the Holy Ghost. You got baptized in Jesus' name, and you got a nature change, and people were amazed at the good change in your life. And there'll be some people that are and will admit it. And there'll be some people that recognize it and won't admit it. They'll fight it. They'll resist it. And you'll pray for them. And you'll move on to somebody else. You want to become a man or woman of God. So when he returns, when the Bible said he's going to descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of the Spirit, and that he's going to catch us away, we're going to be gathered unto him. Subject matter, the Bible calls it the first resurrection. And Jesus made it clear about people being children of the resurrection. Worthy to be children of the resurrection. Worthy men of God. Worthy women of God. Blood washed and absolutely full of the Holy Ghost. Having your body is the vessel and it's got the treasure in it. He is sent the Holy Ghost, into your heart. These men and women, boys and girls of the world, the Bible said they mind earthly things. They're completely connected by cement boots, if you please, to this world and the way it does things and the way it thinks. And consequently, they are completely a part of the opposing force. They are opposite the way God thinks. Peter had to find that out in a very hard lesson one day when Jesus was leading some of his disciples and he was giving them a walking Bible study and he told them that he was going to be taken by wicked hands and delivered into the hands of the Gentiles and that he was going to be crucified. And Peter spoke up and said, No way, not so, Lord. I got me a sharp sword. I'll never let that happen. And Jesus told him, get behind me, Satan. Said, your only appetite is for McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's. Earthly things. Worldly things. All you care about is reputation and money. All you care about is down here. He said, in other words, you got to learn to get an appetite. Your mouth got to start to water over the things of God. 
He said, don't you try to become a hindrance to me. Don't you try to trip me up. Don't you try to, to get my mind all in confusion. He said, I've got a clear-cut responsibility here. I am going to Jerusalem, and I am going to give my life. I am the Lamb of God. I am the sacrifice. I am the bread. I am everything they have need of, and I'm going to give. Nobody taking my life. I'm going to give my life. Nobody twisting our arm to live for God. We're born again. We're men and women of God. We're glad to be. Amen. We're happy people. We're excited people. We're people who are glad that we're no longer like we used to be. That we are truly has-beens in the sinner territory. We don't do that anymore. I had a guy say to me the other day, I was sitting in a and I've invited this guy to church. He's a young man. He's about 20 years old now. And he's, I believe, trying to train to be an EMT and a firefighter or something or both. And he told me that he had gone up to the school up in Ocala and he flunked one part of the test. He didn't do enough crunches in a short amount of time, believe it or not. And I looked at that guy. He looked like he could crunch all night long, you know, just do thousands of sit-ups. But, uh, you know, some of them don't count if you don't do them just right. And so whatever. And uh, so he, I happened to be there on a Monday, and he said, "Hey," he said, "Senior Pastor," he said, um, "He said, did you did you catch the football game yesterday?" I said, "No." I said, "I was pretty busy. It's Sunday." I said, "That's my busiest day of the week." And he said, "Oh," he said, "Well, let me update you." I said, uh, "No need to do that." I said, "I really don't care." He said, "Well, the Colts into somebody," and I said, "I really don't care." He goes. You really don't watch football? You from Belgrade? I said, yeah. Maybe that's why God put me there. I don't fish either. And I live a mile or two from the largest freshwater lake in the continental United States. Though lately I think it shrunk a little bit. Oh, no, friend. No. I got something so much better. I got something so much better to take my time and take my attention. And I want to fight off everything that wants to steal my time and my attention. I have to resist those things. I have to be careful about those things because we're called to be men and women of God. We've got the greatest experience anybody could ever have. And we're going to the greatest place beyond the natural man's imagination but the spiritual man can envision it. The spiritual man can read about it and get the, his understanding open to it. The spiritual man and woman, boy and girl, can begin to realize that there, everything else is going to fade away and pass away, but the things of God that belong to the men, women, boys, and girls of God, that those things are never going to pass away. Oh, we are after the eternal here. We're not going to pay any attention to the temporary things. We're not after the pleasure of sin that's just for a little season oh no friend and we know that this life here is just for a little while but I want you to understand something with me today get excited about what's going on you can go down there to a football game and stand for hours and those people are dope addicts they're killing one another one doctor said the other day do you know that the ER was filled with people after the game was over that had been stabbed he said, all I did all night long was soak people up. Oh, we're living in a very violent world. 
We're living in a very misguided, misdirected world. Somebody said, well, you mean you got to give up football to get Jesus? I'm telling you, you're going to want Jesus more than you want anything else by whatever name, whatever it might be. And you're not going to be worshiping cokeheads anymore, drunkards anymore, whoremongers anymore. You're going to worship the God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And his name is Jesus Christ. That's the name above every name. That's the name you get baptized in. That's the name you receive the Holy Ghost in. That's the name that you get healed by. That's the name that devils get casted out by. That's the name your inheritance is in. The name of Jesus Christ. Let us lift our hearts with our hands to heaven in the name of Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I bless you, Lord. We need thy glory, Lord. You don't want to run from God. You want to run to God. You want to run to this experience. You want to get in the race. Yes, there's a race. Racing for the crown. But it's a crown not of metal or gold of this world. It's a crown that will never fade, never tarnish never pass away the crown of righteousness amen come on let's come and gather around everybody's invited we want to baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ we want to help you to believe God to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost we want you to become men and women of boys and girls of God we want you to have happiness joy peace the love of God the goodness of God come on now